0: Just go to Indeed.com slash blue wire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
1: Every day, I've wondered, should I have gone back? Should, should I have kept? Oh, every single day. Big Jeff, what's up, baby? What's up, man? One on one, we are back, Kansas City. What's up? We are back. Hay is in the barn. Regular season is upon us. Jeff, man, I'm so excited, brother. We're finally here. You know, you build up to this time of the year, and and as a former player, I remember what this is like. You could feel it in the air, right? You, there's different. There's different. Uh, see, the, the seasons really correspond to football, and, and like. Yeah. You start to like in August or in July. You start to feel the heat and smell the grass, and Euro training camps coming. And then you know it gets real hot in the middle of training camp, and it has that has its own feel. And now here we go, regular season. It starts to cool down a little bit. It starts to get a little bit dark a little bit earlier, and it's just there's just something about it. You're like I, you wouldn't have to tell me what what month it is, what day it is, and I can tell you, yep, football's football's right around the corner, just from the feel. Uh, so i'm over here with goosebumps man so here we go we're gonna get into it we got the cuts we got josh gordon we'll talk about arizona we got a lot of stuff on the docket aaron
2: Rodgers and drugs
1: aaron Rodgers and drugs man that's all listen stuff, man. here we go should we start with aaron Rodgers and right. drugs
2: no nah, man we'll save it we'll save, we'll it, save it all right we'll yeah, save sure. it because
1: man i'm a i'm a fan of some of the drugs. hey <laughs> before we get into it big jeff uh Cookie Society, man. See, that was the drugs for a second. I was like, "Wait, what's the okay?" Cookie Society, we're coming up on September. Remind us again what's around the corner? Because anybody getting order now? This
2: is a a a sneak peek, a world premiere. Since you guys are listening before the first, you're gonna get this before anybody else. Mm. We got peach cobbler this month, Mm. coffee cake, triple chocolate, and we also have all the other good stuff. I know Mm. I'm missing. I'm missing another one, but. It's going to be amazing. This is yes. by far my favorite menu. Um, I sound like a used car salesman. But visit cookiesociety.com, buy the merch, buy the cookies. Get if the you're merch. local in the DFW area, come in store. You might see me with my Super Bowl ring on.
1: Duke might be in there. Duke, Duke might, might be in there. there. He might, might be in there having a You don't a cookie know
2: who there. you might run into. You know? <laughs> it's, the, it's the who's who at Cookie Society. That's
1: it, baby. society.com. Listen, here's what I'm going to do, Big Jeff. Uh, I'm going to put an order in so that next week when we film, either next week or the week after when we film, you and I will eat together. So let's I'm going to get that. you let's some. Let's I'm going to get that. me some. And I'm going to do that as soon as we get done. We can eat together. And we can share with the audience what those are like. Yeah, we
2: can do a live reaction. That, that, That's
1: Yeah, live yeah. reaction. That sounds great. Cookieside.com, check them out. Ship nationwide. Big Jeff, here we go. So this is a really, like I said, it's an interesting time of year. It's a really fun time of year. Again, all of the sort of logistics and everything that gets to this point, all that stuff's done, and now you're staring down the barrel of the regular season. And there's just, there's just no better feeling than this. The, all the preparation is real. The training is real. Everything that you're doing is building up to get ready for week one. And you're almost ready to explode because ever since the schedule came out months ago, all you've been talking about is Arizona getting ready for Arizona, getting ready for Arizona. Now you're right that you're on the precipice of playing that game. As a player, you just you you just cannot wait to finally get this game going. But before we get into any of that, let's talk about what it's like after that final cut day as a veteran guy when or even as a rookie when you walk into that locker room. And that locker room is set up for 90 to 100 guys to start the season, right? So there's all these extra lockers, all this stuff, things everywhere. I mean, it's tight in there. Now you walk in and it is empty. It is just, I mean, there's 53 guys in there. Uh, I always remember walking in and being, every year, every year of my nine years, I walked in and be like, man, incredible. And all these guys that you just spent, you know, off-season with and training camp with, there's a number of those guys that are gone. So, yeah. I mean, isn't it isn't it just really a, sort of a, gosh, what's it's, it's the an, word? It's
2: an eerie feeling. It's, it's yeah, so, it is. It's one of those things where, Um, obviously we know we're all competing to make make the roster be one of the 53. Right. But you get to know these guys as human beings. Um, You meet their families. Um, You hear about their goals and aspirations and just to see, you know, some people get other opportunities, but for some, for most, it's the end of the road. Right. Yeah. (laughs) It's the end of the road. There is no more opportunity. The NFL, it truly stands for not for long. Um, So, you have to appreciate the opportunity while you have it and maximize it and don't take it for granted. I never we talked about it before we started recording. I never, I always, I always, I always appreciate it. Never took it for granted, but I never realized the magnitude of it. Mm. Um, the statistics behind it being one of, you know, almost 1700 guys to make a roster. That's, that's not that many guys. Year after year, there's a draft, there's free agency. Um, there's guys that come from different leagues. You got the, the CFL, you got the USFL, you got guys, there's competition everywhere. So to have appreciation and understand that it doesn't matter what your name is, we just saw Josh, Josh Gordon get released. You okay. know, at Crazy. a point in time, he was on track to be one of the greatest ever. I mean, right? Um, ridiculous talent, but there's so many factors. You have to play well. You have to right. stay healthy. It has to be a good fit. And on top of that, like <laughs> there's, it's a numbers game. You know, yeah. they may have a guy that they're paying that they can't release. Yeah. there's so many factors, yeah. and, and so many things have to go right for you to be one of those 53 guys that um, I'm just really appreciative to be one of those. <clears throat> I'm appreciative that I was one of those guys for so long. And um, I hope the guys that made the team realize that it's truly a great opportunity and honor to be one of those guys.
1: You know, I remember guys who were much uh, – just to your point about just there's really an element of luck or yeah. sort of divine providence depending on what you believe, like the, the, because – I remember there were a number of guys that were a lot better at football than I was that didn't make the team. Yeah. Um, because they just like you said, they just weren't in the right spots. I mean, all Americans at Division I schools that didn't make the team. But here I am, just some regular guy from Maine. But because my position group was full of older guys that they kind of offloaded position at the end, yeah, it was just perfect perfect fit. And this really speaks to the importance of getting, uh, uh, and this is a little bit of a tangent, but I think it's worth bringing up. You got to get a good agent. You have to get agents that really can put you in the best position possible. I remember my agent, uh, the sixth round of the draft, I hadn't, you know, it looked like I wasn't going to get drafted. And he said, it's better for you now not to get drafted. I remember thinking, why? That's such a crazy thing. Like, I want to get drafted. He's like, because we have a team picked out. And if they call this is perfect for you. Like we have all this, all this whole algorithm that they had put together to yeah. make sure that I was in the most uh, advantageous place to make the team. Uh, and they were, they were right. If I would have got drafted by some of those teams that maybe were, you know, you know, you have a lot of these teams that just draft who, the best player on the board. Yeah. Uh, but in the sixth or seventh round, that doesn't matter, you know, nope. at, the, at that point and they'll just cut you. They don't care if they have 11 DBs, they'll just cut you. So, um, Having a good agent is really, really important. So shout out to Buddy Baker out there in Indianapolis, my agent. Um, but no, it's really a weird feeling. and what it, so we were talking before, you were obviously a, you were a much better football player than I am, but we talk about the different situations, and i never I never got released in my career. yeah, uh, I got I took a pay cut, which we were laughing is pretty much getting released, but but I never actually got caught. I, I was able to go nine years without getting caught.
2: Um, you, you did have to experience yeah, stuff. like so I got what released. Is, what is that like as a vet? Yeah, it's tough, man. I mean, obviously competitive, so, I mean, you don't want to get released because it, it, in your mind, you're like, man, I'm better than these guys. Right. But the older you get, the more you understand the business. And I was fortunate enough to get cut by Kansas City, and I have a good relationship, you know, with yeah. the head coach, a position coach, and the general manager. So, you know, they gave me the decency of, of a sit-down. You know, most guys, yeah. most organizations – they cut you to give you a garbage bag and they send you in the way. It's usually mm-hmm. a, an assistant that has nothing to do with football operations that tells you your time is up. But, right. you know, you know, my, my position coach told me what was coming. And then I, the next person I spoke to was the actual GM in his office. And I, I got the rundown the business behind. And it was one of those situations where it was a numbers game. You know, we yeah. were bringing a guy back from suspension. The O line room had um, 10 guys in it. Right. It was, it was loaded up and, Although I was better than a lot of the guys in the room, it just came down to me being a Vesta veteran, meaning I had the opportunity to pick where I wanted to go if I were released. And the younger guys, you know, at the time we had just traded for um, Frank Clark. Mm. Then Patrick Mahomes was up for a payday. Chris Jones was up for a payday. There was limited draft picks, so a lot of those younger guys were seen as draft capital. Mm. Even though you're better than them, we see them in the future. Your older guy will bring you back. We'll yeah. bring you, and at that point in my career, I was like, you know, thank you, but no, <laughs> no, no, thank you. I'm done. Yeah. This in the end of the road for me. I appreciate the opportunity, and and it just was business from there. But sometimes, so sometimes it's not about the best guys. Sometimes it's about what's best for the team and the organization. And you know, it ain't even got. Sometimes it has nothing to do with that year. They're thinking right years in advance. These general managers have you know tough tasks uh, with team building and, and thinking about future drafts and possible moves it's it's a constant game of movement so
1: yeah that's interesting though that that's that, like that's that's not really – I mean it's getting caught but you are a veteran who they were going to bring back it's like something when you get yeah only guy, guy, though, like,
2: that's tough.
1: yeah you're caught you're, you're you're caught I get it but it, but it was like when you're an older guy like you are and you can pick where you want to go and they know they have a good relationship with you, that's almost like keeping a guy on the roster without him. Oh, without going. having him actually yeah, on the, ro- on like the roster. Like they're going to say Jeff's going to well, be they, here. Well, they, they
2: do that all the time. I mean, we yeah. see the 53 right now. I mean, you got a guy like Blake Bell who they have to carry on the roster right. who then's going to be put on IR so he can come back later this year. And right. there's someone who you think is co- going to come back. Right. Um, and the same thing later down the road. It may be. A situation where Blake comes back, he's going to be one of those fifty-three, and they're going to have to move someone off the roster. They may move him to practice squad. He may right. never come back. But these are things that that Veach is thinking about. I'm so thankful that I don't have to make decisions like that. Right. Um But these are decisions that are made. Um, they aren't taken lightly, and there's so much that's put into put into it that you know sometimes it's beyond our our scope.
1: Right. I remember our D line coach. I was debating about coming back for another uh, one more year. And our D line coach saying, "Look, come in, um, and if so, if the, if it does end up being numbers a game, we'll do with you what we just what they would have probably done with you, Jeff. Which yeah. which what they were they going to do with you, which is like we'll just cut you, but you hang out, and then we'll bring you back. We'll bring you back because eventually you're going to need the the veteran guy to come back. Yeah, and especially on the somebody's going to get hurt, somebody's going to go down. We're going to need you to come back. Uh, but I couldn't convince my wife, so here we go. Yeah, that and, that and
2: that's the tough part, like." There's so many circumstances that the team have to deal with. But right. as just individual human beings, we have to make decisions too. So at, at that point in my career, um, I had been playing in Kansas City for two seasons without my family there. Right. And this That's is the tough. thing. This is a side of things that maybe fans don't see. My family's back home. And I know I'm making some money. And you can say, well, right. oh, it's, it's, it's a sacrifice, but it's, it's tough. You know, I have kids that are starting school, they're doing events, they have, you know, sports, and I'm not there. So um that was just tough on me so mentally i was just like you know what no matter how much i'm making it's not worth missing that time so if this is going to be it i'm going to make that decision right now
1: yeah and, and that's no and it and it's not without difficulty no it's right? definitely
2: it's definitely difficult it's, but i mean it's it's bigger than us i mean if it was just just me and i would probably still be playing football right no, now. no but-
1: i <laughs> Kansas City, my last, it was like March, April, I, where I was like, I hadn't officially retired. And they said, hey, no, come back. Here's contracts yeah. on the table. And I said, yeah, beautiful. Let's do it. Screw it. What am I going to do? And my wife said, I think I've said this before. My wife said, um, if you go, you're going by yourself. Like, yeah. I'm not. we're not taking everybody. And I was like, oh, I'm not, you can't, I'm not going to leave. <laughs> you know, I know even, you know. I don't know if you're like me. I, I know you are like me, Jeff. Yeah, we're the same. <laughs> two two weeks is too much to be away from them, let alone that's... months and months and months. So I was like, all right, screw it. I'm and that, not, that's, I'm a, doing... t-
2: that's a really tough transition for the entire family because, I mean, you know the NFL, you can be here one week, you can be somewhere else the next. Right. Um. So the one thing that we want for our families is stability. Right. Um, so my family's back in Texas, you know, with a stable life. The kids are in school. They don't have to worry about if dad gets cut, then the kids are – Hey, what what happened? All these questions and having to move—they have some stability. This is our home base, Um, so this is where they're going to be. And and knowing Mm -hmm. that, you know, I'm on the back, I'm on the back end of my career. You know, I know I don't have that much time. You know, maybe three, four more years maximum. Um, So this is just the route we're taking as a family. This is the plan. And these are conversations you have internally as a family. And you know, ultimately, you make a decision when that time comes. And when that time came for me, I just felt like. That was just a sign from God and that was just, yeah. just my way to say, all right, it's time for me to be done.
1: Yeah, no doubt. And and to be honest with you, I don't know if you feel this way, but there hasn't and I can truly say this, there hasn't been a day since April of 2016 that I haven't questioned whether I made the right decision or not. Not at all. I, I haven't no I'm saying I'm there I, I said that wrong. I have questioned every day I've wondered, should I have gone back? Should you I have kept oh, every single day? Adam. And I get, I get this almost like mourning, like this, this like emptiness in my chest when I think about it. And it's gotten much better as we've gone, as I've like 2016, 2017. Those years were hell. My those, first, those, years, oh. those first two years
2: for every guy. That's something that's not really talked about. No matter how successful you had, you know, no matter how successful your career was, no matter what you've accomplished super bowls tons of money you you're done football you're done. is over this is in some sort your identity i don't care right. what you say i don't care how, how much you can do post football you get tied up into it that's why tom brady's still playing this man has right. seven super bowls He's right. made boatloads of money um he loves it but not only does he love it it's his identity right and it's tough detaching yourself from football something that you love so much you've done your entire life and transition to something else because be like, well, am I going to be as good in this as I was in football? And right. all these unanswered questions and uncertainties that it, it makes you afraid to take that leap. And um, some guys don't make that decision. Sometimes that decision's made for you, which makes it even tougher,
3: Right.
2: Um, because you don't see it coming. Sometimes, and, and sometimes you think you... so.
1: You think yeah. so. You think you think the you think the getting relief, getting cut, and not getting asked back.
2: I think that's tougher. I think that's, that's tougher. I think that's tougher because. For me, one thing that gave me, I guess, a peace of mind was, you know, I could have went back if I wanted to.
1: That's killed me, though. That that,
2: that didn't kill me. That actually made me feel good about it because I made the decision. Mm. I made the decision. I had the power in that case as opposed to, oh, I still want to do this, but I just don't have the opportunity to do it. Mm. Um, I made the decision to be done. And I had things post-football lined up, and I've had great success with it. Yeah. Um, But that still didn't make it any easier The transition. It's it's just a tough transition. You just have to figure you're a rookie all over again. You're figuring things out. You go from, you know, having this, this routine, um, being a, being a football player, doing your job, being in the locker room is totally different than, you know, for me being a business owner or being more active as a father. Now I go, now I'm taking my kids to school. I'm doing the day-to-day routines. I'm doing the tutoring. I'm, you know getting them ready, fixing lunch. I got the checklist. Right. That's way different and way fucking harder than, you know, getting the three hard. point stance. So it's it just it's hard. just tough transitioning. Um and that's the thing that I mean we all need to talk about because we all we're all gonna have to go through it. We all deal with it. Um it's just being transparent and making sure that we articulate our feelings in that situation. I got to st- And not just hold it in because it's hard. don't, yeah. don't try to be macho. No! Oh no!
1: No! No! I've I've cried so many times since then, Um, but it's interesting. I got to send this episode to some friends because I've told some guys, active guys, the exact opposite. I've said, "Don't stop! Don't like." Yeah, it sounds nice to say you went out on your own, but then you're always wonder, "Should I have kept going? Why? Why did I give up on the greatest
2: opportunity?" Ever, why did I say yeah, it is no to that? I th- I just think I think it depends on the individual. Yeah, you know, for for me, um, there were many reasons why I played. Um, one was to secure financial, yeah, financials for my family and make sure they're okay. I accomplished that, uh, and then two was the winner Super Bowl, and I, I got that. So uh, winning was important. Making money was important to me, um, and for me, it was like risk versus reward. I had right. some injuries. I was dealing with some things concussion wise, you know, years prior to before I made the decision to where I was thinking before then, maybe three years prior to my retirement, I was thinking about retiring. So I was just mm. thankful to get, you know, to get healthy and get another opportunity. And I did what I wanted to. So I was able to make that decision.
1: Mm, yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I guess I got to revisit it. Uh, I got to revisit the whole thing. I mean, it's something I, I still I struggle with. Like I said, every day I think about it. Every day I think about it.
0: Just go to Indeed.com slash blue wire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash blue wire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
3: Hey, sorry to interrupt, but I need to tell you about our friends at DraftKings. Kansas, DraftKings Sportsbook is coming to the Sunflower State. It won't be long until you can bet on all your favorite sports from the comfort of your own home. And to celebrate, all new customers will receive $100 in free bets when you sign up using code KCSN. Plus, one lucky customer will win a $100,000 free bet. That's right. DraftKings Sportsbook is giving you $100 in free bets just for signing up today. No deposit required. Soon, you'll be able to bet on money lines, spreads, props, and more with one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, DraftKings Sportsbook. Plus, you'll be entered to win a $100,000 free bet when you sign up. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and sign up with code KCSN to get $100 in free bets to use once mobile sports betting hits Kansas plus one customer will win a $100,000 free bet. That's code KCSN only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Gambling problem? Getting help is your best bet. Call 800-522-4700. Must be 21 years or older, physically present in Kansas. Eligibility restrictions apply. See terms at draftkings.com/sportsbook. Subject to regulatory licensing requirements. One per customer. One hundred dollars issued as four twenty-five dollar free bets. No purchase necessary for sweepstakes. Void were prohibited. Inns first day. DraftKings is allowed to operate in Kansas. See terms at DKNG.co slash ks Now let's get back to the show.
1: But yeah, no, that was really good, Jeff. Let's let's transition. So, okay, so yeah, so here we go. Fifty-three man roster is set. You know, some things will change, you know, 50 to 53, that those bottom spots will might rotate in and out. And you have the uh, extended uh, practice squad, which, which adds for, allows for more additions and more stuff, more moving stuff around. You know, Veach and Andy Reid are going to make sure that roster from top to bottom is just uh, perfect. Um, We're going into the regular season. What's interesting about this year, talking to Tucker, our producer, and I didn't realize this there's 12 days between now and the first game. So when I was in the – when we were playing, Jeff, it might have – no, you were – it was the same thing for you, I believe, where you got that last Thursday game, that fourth preseason game was on a Thursday, and then you'd have the weekend off, and then you'd come back Monday, and the following Sunday was the first game.
2: It was like 10 days. Right. I think right now they think they had over maybe 14-plus days. Right, that's a long, that's a long time of team games.
1: That's a long time, and so I I'll be curious. I'm gonna. St- I don't know if, if Andy Reid said anything about what how they're gonna approach it. I'm gonna stick close to the notes because I'm curious to see what they're gonna do. Going, you know, what does this 12 days look like? Because I know for some coaches, this could you know just be training continuous training camp with hitting and and all uh, that. So like, I but think I, they'll I, use
2: it to their advantage. We talked yeah. about it before recording is. Is this is an opportunity for them to get ahead? I know they don't want to look past the Cardinals, but it's a right. quick turnaround from Arizona to a Thursday night game against the Chargers. So mm-hmm. they're going to be prepping and getting things ready for that Thursday night game, and it's going to it's going to only benefit them. And then also from a, I guess a, a player standpoint, you're able to be a fresher. You're right. getting that Thursday night game out the way immediately. Yeah. Um, so this is only going to help, and it's a tough. I mean, the first seven games are tough, man. Tough <laughs> game. It, it's tough. I mean, it's the toughest. Seven game stretch in NFL history, in my opinion. Yeah, <laughs> um, so it's gonna be a, it's gonna be it's gonna be a ride.
1: Yeah, Jeff, I was looking at the I was looking at the full schedule before we hopped on. I was like, damn, what the, it's like <laughs> really hard, and then you know yeah. falls off. But man, the first yeah, like you said, seven eight games going into the bye week are are crazy. Um, they're so they're having that Thursday game early. Is interesting. I think it's good in one sense, and in another sense, I'm not. I wouldn't be as happy as a player. The, se- the sense I think is good is for what you said. So normally, when you play a Thursday game during the regular season, say it's week, you know, later in the season, what the coaches will do is they won't really make this explicit, but your install for the game before the Thursday night game, your their offense and defensive install, the plays that they're putting in, will be much larger than it normally is. And they do that not because you're going to call all of those plays against the game you play on Sunday against the team you play Sunday, but they want it to, to spill over so that they can almost start getting you ready for the Thursday night game without actually telling you they're getting you ready for the Thursday night game because you don't want guys looking beyond. So yeah. I remember you'd get that that big you know playbook before the Sunday before a Thursday night game the, the, that Monday before. A Sunday before a Thursday night game, and it would just be stacked. You know, it'd be why is there 120 calls instead of the normal 80 or something like that? Um, but again, it's just to rehearse those things and get you ready for the Thursday night game. With this 12 days going, in, so when it happens at the start of the season, with especially with 12 days to prep, I mean, we know what Andy Reid's like when he has all that time. Now it's not nearly as much of a uh, a task. You know, 100. You have so much more time. First off, you've been preparing for Arizona since whenever. When does the schedule come out? April or May? I mean, you've been preparing yeah, for them. Yeah, preparing for since OTAs. So you're good to go. And now, you know, with 12 days, you can go in with 120 plays and install that stuff tomorrow or whenever they get back. And now, boom, you know, you're ready to go. So the turnaround uh, isn't nearly as much of an issue. And you know, physically, you've only played. You know, you're still going to be sore from the first game, but it's only the first game. A lot of those Thursday night games are difficult because they're week 10, 11, 12. Um, So so that's why I like it. Why I dislike it is I always like the Thursday night games later in the season because it's served as almost like an extra bye week. Because what you do, like, so say you have it week 10 or whatever, you you have the Thursday night game, then normally coaches will give you Friday, Saturday, Sunday off. Come in Monday, do a 10, 10, 10, get a quick run in, get Tuesday off, and then get back to the regular schedule on Wednesday. That's five days. I mean, that's basically a bye week. Um, and so I always loved like, if you had a, a bye week, a regular bye week, week eight, and then three or four weeks later had the Thursday night game, and you had another five day like, that was perfect. So that's the only thing I don't like about it is having it this early is, you know, again, you go into it much healthier. Uh, but you lose that sort of reprieve that you would normally get at the end of the season. I mean, yeah. I'm just babbling on, no, uh, you know, I mean, we get that, like... <laughs> that makes
2: perfect sense though. I, I, I do remember having those later Thursday night games and right. it sucked, you know, playing, you know, week 10 and Thursday night, but right. that three day break was big, especially late in the year.
1: Oh man. That, Oh, I, I used to love that. That was such, such a nice break. Um, I, I'm laughing because I read in the comments and I'm thinking about it now. Like when we post these things, like why does DeVito's fat ass just keep talking and Jeff never gets, <laughs> <laughs> never gets to like, Man, listen, man, I don't, I'm not a, I'm, Hey, listen, I'm not a huge
2: talker, man. I'm, oh
1: just, no, your stuff's way better you, than I'm, mine. I play off of
2: you, man. That's because I'm thinking while oh. you're talking, I'm like, what am I going to say next?
1: <laughs> I'm on here forgetting that we're doing this for people. And I'm yeah, like, just yeah. talking with you. That's a conversation, right,
2: man.
1: Let's finish with this. Um, Aaron Rodgers did a really interesting interview on the Joe Rogan podcast. Yeah. And uh, a lot of roads we don't have to go down. One road that I thought was interesting was – and Tucker told me this. I don't even remember hearing this. but So Aaron Rodgers was saying he would take Percocets before games. Yeah. Good for him. (laughs) Good for him. That – so – I could take Vicodin before games, and Vicodin didn't mess with my head. If I would have taken a Percocet, which is, I feel like, much better than a Vicodin, um, I would have fallen asleep on the bench. I don't know how the hell he's taking Uh, Percocet. That's that's probably why he's
2: slowing down. He sees the game in slow motion. (laughs) (laughs) He's like, we thought he was just cool out there. He was high as a kite.
1: (laughs) High as a kite, man. High as a kite. Percocet's like you have just had a surgery. He and never so gets he, rattled. <laughs> nothing. He's good for him, man. But like, it does bring up, and it, this goes back to the Josh Gordon thing. And I had talked to Chris Long a while back too about this. Um, you know, guys doing what they need to do um, to stay physically with it. You know, I mean, yeah. it's like you, your body starts to really hurt, and your mind is in a million different places. You know, the emotional roller coaster of the season and the physical roller coaster of the season. Um, And so, talking to Chris Long, he was telling me about how, you know, smoking weed really helped him to stay calm, to relax. It was like – and obviously, Josh Gordon, you know, that crushed his career before the NFL was like, oh, yeah, well, this shouldn't be – you know, this shouldn't be – because it's not illegal anymore, right? Or it's not – I mean, I
2: think it's still on the the list, but it's not – they're not as strict on it. I don't know. It's
1: so ridiculous that they – you know, when you look at Josh Gordon's career, here's a guy – who just was, you know, absolutely incredible, I mean, and how?
2: I mean, we can be real about it. I mean that that was fucked. That was fucked up.
1: I can't believe that it. was like-
2: fucked up. That they took a guy from the peak of his career and suspended him because of weed. And I get rules of rules. I get that. Right. Right. But you got to understand. Like, I followed the rules. Right. I stayed right. within the lines. I was one mm-hmm. of those guys because I, I wasn't going to jeopardize my career because I knew the consequence of it. Right. But I also was a guy, especially later in my career that took something that was approved every single week, which was toradol, And that shit ruin, ruins your body. It ruins Kills your organs. Your and I couldn't function without it on game day because my body was so beat up, mm. which ultimately was one of the reasons why I retired, because I was like, okay, I can't just go out here naturally. I am I have to take toradol before the mm. game, sometimes at halftime, just to be able to function. And, and for those who don't know, toradol is an extremely strong painkiller. Women take it to give birth
1: right right this, is, That's this is
2: this is some strong shit. um right. and it's the reason why we have to get blood work throughout the season to make sure that our organs are healthy because we're pumping ourselves with all types of drugs
1: and they're um, not healthy the blood not, work always comes yeah back and, and the blood bad. work is the
2: greatest um and we're taking prescription drugs things that are legal according to the nfl um and you have guys that are taking alternatives that happen to be legal like like marijuana that don't have the same side effects and consequences Medically, so I wasn't the guy that dabbled in it while I was playing. I wish I did. I wish I found it. Um
1: Well, that's a good point. So that's what I want to say because maybe I would play
2: longer. I don't know.
1: That's what I'm saying. Like I never smoking wasn't a thing for me, but like I if you would have like if I if somebody would have told me that it helped with pain, doubt. one hundred percent, everything's off the table. And I feel like even with and I could be wrong, but it's like if there's ever a drug you're gonna take. As far as like it being, you know, less, and I'm not a doctor, so maybe, maybe not, but I just feel like it's less toxic for your body than it, got, a lot of
2: the other stuff. We got to get a guest expert on here. So they, yeah, can explain that's it right. Like, I, can, I can't explain it, but I, I do know, you know, a lot of guys that have done uh, it that do it. Um, it's just one of those things. It's not that they want to smoke just to be high. Um, it's no, it's one of those things to relieve pain, um, to rest their minds and bodies uh, because it is a strength, a very dangerous and, Strenuous game um, and painful at times.
1: Yeah. No, I mean, I used to take Vicodin and Tordal Wednesday, Thursday, and Sunday. Every week of the regular season from my third year to my ninth year. So what is that? So seven it's, years straight.
2: Yeah, that's a long time to popping yourself with, you know, those and drugs.
1: The blood work would come back and the doctors would be like, you have to stop. Because there are 80-year-old cancer patients who are chain smokers. Who have better blood than you do? You have no oxygen in your blood, and it was like I'm not. I can't stop. I can't. I I, I can't feel anything on Sunday, like whatever. Yeah. Like I can. I can maybe stop for Thursday practice or something like that. When Sunday comes, I can't feel pain. I have yeah. to be able to focus on what's going on, and and again, and we've talked about this is a matter of putting food on the table. Exactly. You know. So it's like, uh. So yeah, I don't remember. But but no, I thought it was interesting that. Uh, Aaron Rodgers said that. I mean, he—if you, you got to give him credit for
2: his just sort of blunt, you know, a his, lot of guys with his, his transparency, his openness. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I mean, it. I mean, I wonder how the league's going to respond to it. I know, <laughs> dude. <laughs> dude, help us <laughs> yeah, out. Man. Help us he's, out. He's, we're, we're done. I mean, he's an active guy talking about this. <laughs> um, but but the, the truth of the matter is, um, there needs to be healthier alternatives for pain management. Area. Yeah. 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 I don't think – and I, they've, they've done a good job – I mean, not a good job. They've done a better job of, of figuring out ways to to, um, to manage the pain and not give these guys all these drugs.
3: Mm-hmm. But
2: at the end of the day, when there's, there's drugs needed, they give them the ones that aren't right. good for you. So. Right.
1: Yeah. Well, it'll be interesting to see what they do. But, yeah, Big Jeff. Okay. So, next week we'll come back. I, again, I mean, we're just – we're getting ready like, – we're 12 days away, man. Or how many We're 12 days?
2: Yeah, 12 days. 12 days away. I, I think I might make, make the trip up to, you know, Glendale, Arizona, you know, see this game. Ooh, I that'd think be I might, nice. I think my goal this year is to to do a lot more things on my bucket list, and that's traveling to some NFL games and tailgating. Mm. Um, didn't They'll get put the you right
1: on the sideline. You'll yeah, they didn't get the opportunity the
2: to zone. do that, man. We didn't get the opportunity to, to to tailgate at Arrowhead. We got the smell of barbecue, but we didn't get to enjoy it. So
1: I went to one football game when I was, like, Seven. Outside of that, the only time I've ever been to a pro football game was playing and playing in one. So,
2: hey, hey, the rookie running back spoke on that—that that his first ever NFL experience in an NFL game was a preseason game that he played in. Really? And, and that was the same for me. Um, it's crazy, man, to think that I've never been to an NFL game until I played in one. And, and have
1: you been to one since you no, retired?
2: I, no, I haven't been to one as a fan yet. Oh. I've watched. I'm going to get to one this year. That's one of the things that I mean. We had COVID and then I got busy with, with our business. Um, but this year, I have a little bit more freedom and free time. So I'm going to make sure I get to a uh, Arrowhead game for sure. Yeah. I'm um, to we'll try to get to this opener in Arizona.
1: That, that Arizona be good. Arrowhead Stadium going to be nuts, man. Yeah, I, definitely. I, oh, the atmosphere. I'm, ex- I'm
2: going to be in that thing with my shirt off. <laughs> D- double fisting. <laughs> right, behind, right behind the players. face. That was Bang. a terrible call.
1: <laughs> Banging the drum.
2: <laughs> oh
1: man! All right, Chiefs Kingdom. Thank you for tuning in. One on one, we will see you next week with more Chiefs football from a player's perspective. Big Jeff, thank you, brother. Love you, man. We'll hey, see you me, next man. week, bro. Beat the car, bro, Chiefs. Man. Yeah, baby.